You still don't understand what you're dealing with, do you? Perfect organism. Cut the power. How could they cut the power, man? They're animals. I watched it too with trackers. It's an eight-foot creature of some kind with acid for blood, and it arrived on your spaceship. It kills on sight and is generally unpleasant. It's a queen. How did you know that? She'll breed. You'll die. Move it, Ian. We're rolling. Now, well, I'm sitting you... with a cat on my lap, so oh, I'm okay. rolling anyway, right. mate. Are, are you in the front of this vehicle we're piloting today, or are you at the back with um, the cat on your lap? Or I got a horrible feeling I'm at the back cleaning out the latrines. I don't think they'd let me fly it, to be honest. So you're the Spunkmeyer today. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm Spunkmeyer. All right. Actually, yeah, I would be where where I I don't even get a death scene. <laughs> that would be me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Poor old Spunkmeyer. Um, poor old Spunky. Do you reckon his yes. friends called him Spunky? Spunky. Yeah. Shall we let, let let's get this out of the way first, shall we? Because we might be tittering through this yes. podcast because we're British aren't we and yeah. the word Spunkmire is to is, is humorous to say the least humorous to us immature yeah. yes lads. yeah uh, yeah 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 this causes titters and um, shall we just explain to uh, our American listener why we find this so funny because I don't think it's very well known is it no, I, well I don't know I don't know how I don't know whether it's just a British thing, but yeah, I've never heard it like in films or anything. I mean, it, for for Americans, it would be the same as if you were called, I suppose, Jizzmeyer or something like yes, that. Yes, um, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, spunk is um, you, well, you know what you know what spunk is. Um, it's the same as jizz. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's slang for semen, basically, yes, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Growing up, yes, that's. <laughs> well, I suppose he is in the Marines, so technically he is a seaman. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's he, so he's a seaman, seaman. He's a seaman, seaman. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a spunky seaman. Yes, <laughs> this has got off to a good start yeah. today, hasn't it? Um, I I I looked into the spunk. You looked into spunk, did you? I looked into spunk. Yeah, yeah and uh, it seems to be a peculiarly British slang. Right. Uh, it, it it's only in Britain that we have this word for that thing. Yeah. Um, Cause it's got it, another meaning, hasn't it? Like if you've got if you're full of spunk. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. If, <laughs> it, yeah, it can mean two things, can't it's it? It's two can, things. Yeah, it can mean that you've you've got a lot of get up and go. You've got grit, haven't you? Yeah, or you know, you fell asleep in Birmingham, Birmingham on a Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. But apparently, in Australia, it has another definition. Oh. Uh, it, it's Australian slang with that word. It's somebody who is sexually attractive. Really? It is spunk or spunky? Yes. That would be. That would. You can imagine. An Australian coming over to Britain and using that chat up line, going All to right, a girl spunky. in the bar and saying, "You, you look real spunky." Please slap. <laughs> yes. Um, and I looked into the name Spunkmire because yes. that's an unusual name, isn't it? You know, I've I've never encountered 
I've got to be careful now because yeah. we're, we're, we're just going to titter all the way through this. You've, that you've name. Never come across a spunk. <laughs> I've never come. <laughs> Oh dear! It yeah, we get are. Any better, folks. It do, it doesn't. Yeah, I've never come across a spunk mire, right. um, and I looked into it, and apparently it is a name. I went on yep. that website. You know, when we were trying on Mad Max in character, we were trying to find oh, out yes, somebody's. Yeah, you found this website that surname. Listed, uh, yeah, names in all in the world and where they're most congregated. Yeah, yeah. and and yeah, spunk mire is something like seventy three millionth most popular uh, surname in the world because yeah. there's only seven people in the world. Really? Called wow. Spunkmeyer, right? Assassin, five are in America. An endangered species. Yeah, yes. five in America. Yeah, it being only seven, I, I figure it must be the same family. So you, I, yeah, it must be. be. Yeah, because yeah, you've got five in America, one in Australia, and one in New Zealand. Wow. Okay. That's, I mean, that's got to be very, only five in the world. No, five in America. There's seven in the world. Oh, seven in the world, yes. Yes. That's not a lot, though, is it? It's not much, is it? No. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, if I was female, my surname was Spunkmire, I would want to get married. Yeah. Yeah, I presume because Maya is um, of Jewish descent, isn't it, the name? Um, Yeah, I don't know how it would end up together. Do you think there was a a Mr. Spunk and a Mrs. Maya? And they... uh, and it was originally hyphenated. Spunk, my, no, no, it just no. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm quite glad wait I've got the surname to, uh, I've got. Yeah, wait till we get to Wizbowski. Yeah, <laughs> or we, or Jizbowski. What Jizbowski? Brilliant. One thing I, because I, obviously I, before these, I always have a quick look on them. Xenopedia, the foremost pedia for Xenos. <laughs> Got to be careful when you <laughs> type that in, mate. Um, I, I thought it was amazing that both of our both of our subjects tonight, their character names just happen to be the first names of the actors. I mean, that's that's got to be amazing odds for that to happen. Well, yeah, but you know the reason. That's I not because they didn't have names in the uh, in the script because they're such secondary characters. No, I I it, it I think what it was was there is a scene in Aliens where you see all the Colonial Marines yeah. names listed. Oh on yeah, the, when on, on the up, screen yeah. when they're waking up. That's, that's I think that's where we first in the in the non theatrical cut, isn't that where we first find out uh, Ripley's name is Ellen? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, yeah, and uh, there they all are. And basically, what the production team did is the 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 initial of their first name is the actors. Oh right, um, I suppose it makes name. sense. Yeah, yeah. Apart from Hicks, who's D Hicks because he's yeah. Dwayne, isn't he? In the special yeah. edition, he's Dwayne Hicks. Who, he's not uh, Michael Hicks. Who played Hicks before Michael Bean? James Remar. So it's oh, not yeah, like James it's, Remar, yeah. it's not like it's Jay Hicks. Now, now renowned for isn't he? Wasn't he um, one of the uh, 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 street punk rioters in uh, Judge Dredd? He was. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It lasted all of like two seconds. Yeah. 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 So um, yeah, that's yeah. Um, so we have Colette Ferro. And yep. we have Daniel Spunkmeyer, all right? Yes. Um, Ferrow is derived from ferrous yep. iron, isn't it? I wonder if that was just a coincidence. Or... Well, I looked into yeah. that name, and Ferro is of Italian-Portuguese origin. Yeah. And, it, yeah, it's the name of somebody who worked with iron. Yes. An ironmonger or what? So if Ferro worked with iron, Spunk might... No, let's not go there. Well, w- one last thing about uh, Mr. Spunky, yeah. Spunky, as we'll call him today, uh, is 
you, you know, the whole first name thing. I'm glad yeah. he's not, the actor's name wasn't William, because then he'd be a Willy Spunkmeyer. Willy Spunkmeyer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, no, then the other thing before we get into the actual yeah. uh, thing is that um, in the original uh, script that James Cameron wrote, um, um, Spunkmeyer does have a first name, Hay. H-A-Y. Hey, Spunkmeyer. So, so if you wanted to get his attention, would you go, hey, hey, Spunkmeyer? Hey, <laughs> I hey, suppose. where the hey, monkey hey. is. Yeah. Hey, hey, Spunky. Yeah. Hey, hey, Spunky. That's a, yeah. that's a TV show on Nickelodeon, isn't it? This week's episode of Hey, Hey, Spunky. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Spunky um, investigates a, a crime <laughs> ring. <laughs> oh, good Lord. All these mental um, images. Yeah, the other thing I, I worry about these two is um, their ranks. Ah, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned ranks, because in James Cameron's, Cameron's original script, Pharaoh is actually sergeant in rank. Right, which makes a bit more sense, because you generally wouldn't get a corporal as a pilot. No. Um, although, technically, you can be a sergeant. Especially, I mean, I'm going by the RAF here. I know the Marine Corps is probably a bit different. But um, you have to be a, a, a flight sergeant or above to be a pilot in the RAF, and you were given honorary officer rank. So although you were a sergeant, you outranked any other enlisted man, including other sergeants. So I suppose perhaps this was a way of of not having her... Because this, I, I, I suppose it, it sort of fits in with this is a, an ill-funded, ill-defined, ill-planned mission. Um, but there's not a lot of, of officers to this platoon. Is there? You've got Lieutenant Gorman. That's it. And then you've got a staff well, sergeant. I've always got. Yes, I've always got that um, Gorman's not attached to this branch no, of the Colonial no, Marines. No, I don't think so. Um, he's just along. He's he's been assigned to yeah. oversee this operation, and um, you know James Cameron has said you know, and and it's writ large on screen that you know it's heavily influenced by the Vietnam War. Oh um, yes, you know. 100%. Yeah, not only in the look of the technology, but, you know, the, the colonial marines themselves are reminiscent very much like Apocalypse Now. Yes. Uh, where you have these army units that have been away from base for so long, that's why they're customising their outfits. They don't have strong yeah. leadership. Um, and they become almost like mavericks. Yeah. You know? well, I, I think there's this um, there's this view, isn't there, that, that it, especially American film and tv you get these rogue platoons so you get the people like on i'm thinking of the god awful doom film um where you get these soldiers that are that are like you say mavericks they don't don't play by the rules of course in real life these units get wiped out pretty damn quick as happened mm. in the vietnam war and the, the whole reason they've got this image from the vietnam war is is the vietnam war was spectacularly badly run after a certain point because all the good you know when when the, the First Cavalry and Seventh Cavalry went out there originally. They were really well trained. They were the the cream of the cream, but then it got diluted, and discipline was just horrendous. Um, but I never understand this idea that the best military platoon is the one that don't go by the rules. Everyone's mm. a everyone's a individual. That's awful, mate. You don't want that in your army. There's a reason that the army. The first thing they do is kick your character to pieces 
and replace it with someone that's just going to follow orders. You don't want colourful characters in the military. And generally, if you if you see like real military people on documentaries, things like that, you meet them, they're the most boring people going usually mm. because that's what you want them to be. Well, um, James Cameron on the audio commentary um, says that when he wrote this, he had no knowledge or experience of... Yeah the actual real marines because this this script alien script originally it was a riff on starship troopers i think wasn't right. it and and he, think, that, yeah, then he adapted it when, when yeah. yeah then when fox said we've got this we've got alien 2 do you want to do it and yeah. that's when he adapted it and he does say on the audio commentary that after making aliens his brother joined the marines and he's got to know yeah. the marine way and he says i'd like to apologize to the marines yes, for I, my I depiction so, of yeah. the marines you know because the, the marine corps are a special unit they're not normal you know the because the, the, we got again with the vietnam era there's everyone almost everyone was drafted so it was people that didn't want to be there, yep. weren't career military, didn't want to be in the military, and it didn't work out in the Vietnam War in the way that it worked out in the Second World War. And I think that's mainly because there wasn't, um, and it wasn't an ideological war, which the Second World War definitely was. Um, so yeah, you had these people that didn't want to be there, but the Marine Corps. Is, is is the best of the best. They're, they're all volunteers to go in there. They want to be there. They're, they're a top flight <laughs> military... That, uh, you can't unit. say that about this yeah. this lot, though, can these, you? These so... lot are useless. I, don't, I never understand when you see things where they've gone about that the, the Colonial Marines are a crack unit. These are awful. These are the worst soldiers in the world. They've got no I think, fire yeah. discipline. They've got no discipline whatsoever. They talk back to their officers. They go to pieces at immediately. The, the drop of a hat immediately. <laughs> um, I reckon they're conscripts um, or ex-convicts or something. Yeah, you know? I reckon they're the... Because there's, there's an old military adage that the easiest way to get rid of someone that's incompetent is to promote them. And it's the easiest way in the military you would... people speak to any military person and they all know someone that's got to quite a high rank and they're useless and it's because you promote them you kick someone upwards um and i think these people are like no other unit wanted them mm. um, i'd love to see a a film like this because because it i'm not i mean it was a very influential film and you after this you got loads of films with this style of 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 military platooning um, but I'd love to see a sci-fi film where the soldiers are absolutely good at their job, follow well, Starsh- orders. Well, yeah. Starship Troopers, and I'm thinking the book rather than the film, yeah, the film. Starship Troopers is like that, you know, it yeah. is completely by the book, you know. Um, but, uh, I mean, we'll save it for when we do yeah. our episode on Apone, but I get the feeling that Apone and maybe Hicks are, you know, they're the only two dedicated, yeah. you know, uh, soldiers, but being with this motley crew has has worn them down you know yeah i i think so i i get the feeling i get the feeling that um burke has gone gone to say i need a platoon but i i don't want anyone that's the best or the cleverest because he he doesn't want these to he want he wants these to be idiots basically doesn't he to they're there to mop up the aliens but he doesn't want them thinking about anything 
Yeah. Because it will highlight, you know. And they'll do what they're told. Yeah, exactly. Normally, anyway. So I think he's he's gone to the top brass or whoever his contact is in the Colonial Marines. I mean, I'm assuming Wayland Yutani possibly even finances part of the Marine Corps at this point. And he's gone to them and said, yeah, I don't want, I, I just want a troop of your, your most expendable grunts, please. And yeah, I think Hicks, Hicks and Opone seem to be career soldiers and they seem to know what they're doing. They're the only two I'd trust out of all of this lot. Yeah. yeah yes. you know, I don't want to be in a foxhole next to Hudson, sorry. No, no. You know? Oh, no, we're missing one. We're missing one other competent, and um, must must say at this point, and that is Pharaoh, one of our characters today, because she seems to be a good pilot, you know? She, yeah, she's, she's, yeah, she seems to be competent at piloting, Um we don't really see her do anything else. But no, yeah, I think no. I think she seems quite good. I do worry though that she's only a corporal. I guess yeah. that's really really unusual that you would get a pilot because a pilot is not. Uh, no offense to any corporals out there. But my dad was a corporal for almost all of his military career. He didn't want to rise particularly any further. He always said corporal was the point you got to where you weren't doing the shit, but you weren't expected to sort of. <laughs> do anything too strenuously uh, leadership-wise. But the training to be a pilot, especially like a military pilot like this, it, it, it's so weird that she's a corporal. Mm, yeah. Uh, right, before we talk about what we see on the screen, one more bit of info, because yeah. we do this life before, we see if there's any life before, and the only bit I could find is that uh, um, had Spunkmeyer had lied about his age. When oh, he joined right. up, he doesn't look right. that young. I suppose depends when he joined up, really. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's it. So shall we? Um... Yeah, let's uh, let's crack on with the the film. All right. Okay. Yeah, that thing about lying about the age. Uh, I'll mention that again in a minute because yeah. I think it comes from old Alan Dean. Um, oh right. Okay. I've just remembered. I've read that. So uh, we'll get we'll get along to that shortly. All right. So all right then. So this is the first time where well, this is the furthest into the film we've got because it's only our second trip to, to aliens and it's our first visit to the Sulaco. Um and straight away before we even you know get to see anyone we've got nods to the original film i.e. we don't see anyone uh, on board the ship for a while um, we get a little gust of air don't we blowing yep. by a locker um, yeah we get a, a roaming camera yeah all around the ship um, yeah. But this time, you know, you're under no illusions. This is uh, um, a military ship because we have this panning shot showing all the weapons yeah. um, around to see the power loader. We see the power loader there and then the drop ship. So we're seeing all this before we see anybody on board the ship. Um, and we have one last nod, um, which is instead of the dipping birds of the first film, we've got a very 80s gyro toy uh, moving around on yeah. the table. And it ends up at the hypersleep capsules, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Um, and they're much more military-looking. They're not at all poetic or or even beautiful like the the ones on the Nostromo. These are, yeah, these are um, very, very industrial-looking units. Um, and then we get when they open up, we get that first sound effect of the hydraulics that we'll grow to know far too well because it's used in everything. 
Do you know why it's used in everything? Um, Gao and her... they just it was bunged in the store cupboard for sound effects. I would have thought. No, what it is, I mean, you know, it's always a surprise when you look behind the scenes yeah. on Aliens because it looks fabulous. But but when you yeah. find out that they didn't have much money. Um, you know, it's always a surprise. And Gao Ann Hurd says on the audio commentary that a lot of the sound effects they were doing in the house, in the living room of the house that they had rented near oh, yeah. Pinewood Studios. They had a, a, a Fairlight synthesizer. And so a lot of the sound effects is her and James Cameron and the sound designer um, working on it, you know, in, the, in their living room. Um, yeah. And that's why it, certain sounds in Aliens are used over and over again, you know. Um, it's good and job also, they, uh, <coughs> it's good job they didn't do it here because you'd have the cat noises in the background. Yeah, <laughs> it, would, it would put people off. I think. Yes, or you know, your cat will start walking on the keyboard and yeah. and, and ballsing it up. You'd, um, you'd get people going that this ship noise is purring like an engine. Purring. Hang on, it is a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if the alien queen at the end sounded like your cat rather than what amazing, we did get? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Instead of the the queen hiss, you get a cat. <laughs> Yeah, um, and yeah, lack of money again. I mean, yeah. that's why they've only got four of these sleep capsules, and then you've got mirrors. Mirror. <laughs> yeah, after big old it. mirror. Yeah. It's well done, to be fair. Um, I always look for the join. You you can yeah. sort of see yeah. it. It's it's the way they all happen absolutely yeah, at can, the same time. Yeah, you can sort of work out where it is. But it, it, when you're watching it the first time, I didn't know. I I mean, yeah, you're right about the budget. That when I went to see this, I was blown away by it, and I thought this is like. This is like being there. This is such a high-budget film. Um, and it's only on subsequent viewings and that, and you start to go, okay, that, that affects a bit ropey, that affects a bit ropey. And then you work out, like, oh, all the equipment is just army surplus. Yeah. Um, Vietnam army surplus at that. Uh, another Vietnam connection, as is all the dialogue. I can't oh. imagine a dialogue making a lot of sense to kids now. This dialogue... Mm. I. I think it's terrific, and an awful lot of it comes from Farrow and Spunkmeyer. You know, yeah. some of their lines. I haven't got a bloody clue what they're talking yeah. about, but it sounds cool. Well, there's still a um, there's still an argument on the Buffy in Buffy fandom because um, Faith, uh, who was a, a slayer like Buffy, she had a she whenever anything went well, she would go uh, in a pipe five by five, or this situation is five by five, and it was from like this, and uh, people still wonder what the hell that means um but yeah we get it here don't we in the pipe five by five, five, five. it's a good it's a great line yeah um so yeah i mean the, the these hypersleep things open up we always see old spunky he's, yeah, he's next spunky to hudson boy. yeah and uh, that's the first time we see him he's laying there next to hudson the first time we see Pharaoh, she walks past a pone while he's doing his motivational you know wake-up speech about you know yeah. day on the farm and everything right now, as I say, Alan Dean Foster, okay, he doesn't really describe Pharaoh. Pharaoh's just there. It, um, it's suddenly, you know, Pharaoh said dot, dot, dot. Yes. But we do have a description of Spunkmire, oh, all right, right uh, which I'm going to read. Okay. Does, it say, does it say nondescript man with a buzz cut? <laughs> it doesn't. It's not describing what he looks like, oh, okay. Right. Um, it says PFC Spunkmire. Now I've always thought he was the like the gunner of the drop ship. Um, he was like the weaponry officer, you know. Pharaoh's well, the pilot. Yeah, I don't I mean, think it, he's a co-pilot. Well, I, I, I was wondering that, and I actually had that in my notes. Is he a co-pilot? Because that would be even weirder that you have a co-pilot that's private, even a, a private first class. Um, but 
I, I'd be worried in a military situation like this, you know, the, the Hueys in Vietnam tended to have two pilots in for a very good reason. Um, yeah, because if one stray bullet and your pilot's out, you're, you've lost that entire platoon of soldiers. Um, he could be the gunner, I suppose. I've never taken it that he's the co-pilot. He doesn't seem able enough. And also, I, I mean, behind the scenes, I've got some information about the helmets that they're wearing. Yeah. His helmet is radically different to yes, Ferro's yeah. in that he's got a load more gubbins on it, and apparently that's the targeting oh, right, sights for if he's going to be firing any of the missiles. That's also why you see him using the power loader, loading the missiles. Loading that's the missile. his well, I suppose that responsibility. Makes sense, yeah. But Alan Dean Foster doesn't say that, right? What Alan Dean Foster says is that PFC Spunkmeyer was the drop ship, drop ship crew chief, right? The man responsible, along with pilot Corporal Ferro, for safely conveying his colleagues to the surface of whichever world they happen to be visiting and then taking them off again in one piece. And then he says... In a hurry, if necessary. He rubbed at his eyes and groaned as he blinked at the hypersleep chamber. And this is where he was supposed to have his first line. I'm getting too old for this. No one paid any attention to this comment since it was well known, or at least wildly, wildly rumoured, that Spunkmeyer had enlisted when underage. However, nobody joked about his maturity or lack of it when they were plummeting towards the surface of a new world in the PFC-directed dropship. So it, it looks more like he guides... Right, Pharaoh. He tell and he does. Yeah. He tells her, yeah, yeah, you know, nominal in profile. And yeah, da, 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 da. so yeah. he's sort of the navigator position. Yeah, you know, he's been replaced by a sat nav. What we're saying, Spunky the sat nav. Spunky sat nav. Yeah, I'd like a sat nav that tells you that you're in the pipe five by five when you're on course and you're on the right road. Do you, know what? you could probably get one. I'm sure yeah. there's voices you could download that will tell you that. Hmm. <laughs> All right, Pharaoh gets her first yes. line when they're in the uh, locker room uh, yes. getting dressed. And um, Vasquez asks who Snow White is. And Pharaoh says she's supposed to be some kind of consultant. Apparently she saw an alien once. Um, and seems quite unimpressed. Yeah, yeah. Um, th this sort of starts the, 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 the thing of, is this universe populated by loads of alien species or not, isn't it? Because... The, the attitude from the Marines is, oh, whoopee-doo, an alien, that's so common. And then mm. they're talking about bug hunts and things like that. And it doesn't really fit anything else we've seen. Nor, you know, it doesn't really fit anything later. Um, and also, it, it, or, I know it's, it's designed to do so, but it's like the first reaction we've got to these Marines is that they're horrible people. Because, <laughs> mm. yeah, she, she just comes across as as nasty towards especially it's like we've built up a relationship with Ripley don't be bad mouthing well they don't like a stranger on board yeah. that's what it is I, th I think they just don't want Ripley there them, they don't want Gorman there do they or Burke yeah no, but no one bad mouths Bishop is Bishop is Bishop part of this platoon or was he put on He's been with them because you've got the whole knife trick. They know about the oh, knife trick, true, don't yeah. they? You know, I've got the feeling Bishop's been there a yeah. while, but he's a synthetic, so he's not going to be, you know, jaded in the way opponent yeah. Hicks might have been or worn down in that way. You know, what you just said then—that's um, uh, that, that's an interesting thing. In the you know, in this universe, 
the alien universe, the only aliens we ever see are the xenomorphs and the yeah. engineers. Yes? Yeah. They're the only then, races we yeah. ever see. But these, 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 these guys talk about as if, as if it's a Star Wars-style universe where there's loads of alien races, to the point where you can have sex with alien species. Yes, yeah. Um, so it, if it, that's really the case... Weird. But if that is the case, there are other alien races, nothing to do with the xenomorphs or David yeah. or anything like that. I mean, you know, the problem with the Alien series is, and you mentioned this a few episodes back, and it's a very good point, what else can you do with these stories? Yeah. Because you've got, in the first one, you've got one alien on a spaceship. Second one, you've got lots of aliens on a planet. Third one, you've got one alien on a planet fourth one you've got lots of aliens on a spaceship where else can yeah. you go what other combination that you can you do but you were just making me think then well what about if you have aliens versus another alien race that is nothing to do and it's like an alien war between those two and mankind somehow stumbles across it and I then it's like what side do we uh, te- side with you've described alien versus predator and and that, that oh i've forgotten so about the predators hadn't yeah. i oh shit um, no yeah, because I suppose that's the other question: is if do we accept Alien versus Predator that the Predators exist in this universe? I think it's too problematic because it completely cocks up everything, and I think this this film as well, the fact that they're so blasé about alien life, that cocks up everything as well. Mm. I think there's a reason they never come back to it because otherwise. Why is Burke so secretive? If they've come across multiple alien species, surely there's no novelty in this. There's no risk. He just goes to the the company and says, like, "We might have another alien species." She mm. sends up. They must have. They must have, like, first contact teams. It just. I think. I think James Cameron's put this dialogue in to show what boorish, loudmouth people these these marines are and why they're not particularly concerned about this but it just yeah it doesn't work for the rest of the story or the universe no no okay all right uh spunky's first line is straight after um um um, a pwn says we've got to rescue some juicy colonist daughters from their virginity and he says dumbass colonists uh, followed by what's this crap supposed to be and you can see he's wearing a, a, a cat baseball cap yeah. um, and that's because the um, the power loader has got a cat logo on it hasn't it a Caterpillar logo yes, so yeah. I'm guessing they must must have got some sort of sponsorship from Caterpillar well, there's again there's lots of weird details thrown into this film that haven't aged well you know fly to friendly skies um, yeah the, the, the cat Badges, um, yeah. The, it's like it's almost it's a Blade Runner, uh, two thousand eight, two thousand one Pan Am levels of. Mm. Yeah, that didn't age well, um, but yeah, I imagine there was some sort of deal because you can't just you can't use branded trademarks in a film. Well, it's the logo you, as well. They're yeah, using the logo. You have to get permission. <laughs> now, it's not not to say that that Caterpillar would have paid them, but you have to at least run it past Caterpillar just in case you're going to be doing anything detrimental to their product or their brand um so yeah there must have been at least a deal between the two to use that logo yeah Um, yeah and it it was a low budget film relatively low so you know any bit of money you can get yeah Yeah. um yeah and then we have this reference by frost about you know the arcturian alien or whatever 
Yeah, and uh, yeah, but the one you had was male, says Spunky, yeah. doesn't he? Which elicits quite a few laughs. And it's, so, you know, so not only are there aliens, but these marines uh, take part in bestiality. Yes, um, it's very. <laughs> Again, I think it's been put in to make, you know, oh, look at these tough guys. And it, but the more you think about it, the more problematic it is. Mm. Um, also, I mean, does, does anyone still use the word pintang? I mean, again, very it was Vietnam, wasn't it? So, yeah, yeah. Vancouver, James Cameron, yeah. yeah. He had been watching Apocalypse War a yeah. lot, hadn't he? Yeah. Um, you next see R2 when uh, they're standing in the, uh, in the drop bay. Uh, yeah. um, nattering when Apone and Gorman give them the op of what they've got to do um, and Pharaoh's not happy I mean you know Gorman's pissed off by Hudson's attitude so he goes yeah. right this is how it's going to be buy the book and buy the numbers blah 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 and you know you can see her going oh come on you know, yeah. <laughs> when he wants things done by 0830 etc etc trouble um, is we, we have no no comprehension of what he's asking for and we don't see any then of them rushing about trying to do anything it all seems very leisurely so I, yeah it's again it just comes across that these people are the worst of the worst don't it yeah yeah you know yeah that moment where you see old uh, pharaoh in yeah. in long shot um that's a good shot of her flight suit um, yes. uh, it's a nifty flight suit. I've I've been to quite a few conventions, and yeah, you get that. There's an arm of the uh, UK garrison that are, are, are yes. you know um, alien and aliens cosplayers, and um, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, I, I always think it's um, it, it's it's a weird thing to not just cosplay but reenact as a pilot because we I used to go to a lot of military shows and have belting and things like that, and you'd get. Like people um, reenacting, uh, you know, 101st Airborne and British regiments and that. And you, yeah, okay. And you might get one or two people that would do like a Battle of Britain pilot. But what you very rarely ever got is people doing like the Navy and stuff because you can't do the ships. And yeah, where's think, your ship, mate? <laughs> yeah, I always think it's the same with people that cosplay as as Pharaoh and that. And it's like, where's your drop ship? You can't yeah. do it, can you? You can't do it at a convention be bloody impressive if they did yeah i mean my my, my friend cat she's got a and you know the uk garrison is it, it, it's a part of the 501st and then then you've got the offshoot of the the real icons are the uh the side that do all the um other costumes for film and tv i mean that's why i'm in it with my blake seven trooper yeah. you know and it's the same it's the same thing of you must be a hundred percent, hundred percent authentic, you know. Yeah. And my friend Cat, she has. Sorry. Rivet counters. <laughs> no, she, she, she's a colonial marine with a smart gun, and that's great because she can go around and she can. Yes, hundred percent authentic. I've spent a good forty-five minutes going over the kit parts with her but she, that's great when they're walking down through the co convention floor she's got her smart gun and she can you know bring it up like Vasquez does and all like this and you've got your targeting thing down over your eye and all like this this is really really good but yeah um yeah we've got a couple of uh um pharaoh pilot types yeah. and yeah all you can really do is walk around with your aviators on and your uh, pistol that's yeah. all you can really do is just walk yeah, it's around. Not, it's not a great one, is it? I I would pay them. I, I would pay to see it, and I would salute these people if they built like a cardboard uh, 
small scale drop ship that they've got on their waists. You know, like like people <laughs> like you'd see like Snoopy do with with the World War One plane and that. Uh, yeah, that'd be great. And they're just running around going. <laughs> They wouldn't be allowed, but, though, sadly. There you go, Ian. You make one. Yeah, I'll make one, yeah. Do yeah, yeah. Remember, see like, if anybody um, will buy oh, it. Do you remember the um, the FAB Thunderbirds project, the stage play, where they had the craft on their hats? I saw that. I've completely yeah, forgotten I about that. Yeah, that. yeah, I saw that at Tunbridge Wells. Yes, yeah, they yeah. reenact Thunderbirds by wearing the uh, yeah. the vehicles. Yes, Wearing the vehicles <laughs> on their heads as hats. They could, you could do that with a dropship on your hat. There you go. They can have that idea for that. I... Th- yeah, Aliens the Musical, then that's how you'd do it. Do you know what? Yeah, it'd be like, have you seen the Hawkeye episode with the Avengers musical? In it? Yes, it'd yeah, like, like that. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so when they're prepping uh, for the launch, you can see Pharaoh in the background. She's got a clipboard. She's like checking out the landing gear and then she goes back on board. And uh, Spunky's there using the power loader to yeah. put the missiles in the pods. Um, and, um, you know, it, we have great shots of this full-size dropship, don't we? Um, yes, it's, it's a wonderful, and, uh, uh, wonderful prop. Wonder what happened to it? Yes, well, it, it was all just cut up yeah. after finishing because it was it's only the fir- front half, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. You, you, but it just, it just I always think with stuff where they build it full size and where you get a bit of it. It's like, oh, I wonder where it went. Mm. I've got some information on behind the scenes to do oh, with the dropship. All right. But, uh, yeah, I, I like all this prepping. I like the uh, the drum roll music that yes. James Horner's putting over the top of it. Um, and you see Pharaoh getting into the pilot seat with a Fly yeah. the Friendly Skies, you know, helmet. Because, of course, yeah, all the actors were told, just customise your armour. Yeah. So I get this is Colette's uh, contribution. Well, this was the um, United Airlines, wasn't it? It was their um, current... Uh, sort of advertising slogan, fly to friendly skies. Of course, now it's not, and it sounds, you're looking at, what, what's all that about? But mm. yeah, I can imagine that, that she would have done that because it was relevant at the time. Yeah. I like the fact that, yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> a, a clear influence on the dropship design is the old Huey Hogg helicopters yes, yeah, uh, from the 70s. But what I like is how, you know, uh, the, the the two seats are offset from each other. Yes. You know, Spunkmeyer's not directly behind Pharaoh. You know, they're offset. So, to Pharaoh's left, she's got all these banks of instrumentation. You know. Yeah. Um, it's a good yeah. And good, we get good design, sensible military sort of design. Yeah. And you know, an awful lot of this is down to Ron Cobb, isn't it? Yeah. And who, who had a genius for uh, making things look authentic, and yeah, he was given the brief of this has got to look Vietnam, and that's why we've got the bug stomper art, yeah, the nose art yeah. on the side, yeah, um, yeah, complete reference to that, and uh, yeah, here we go, techno babble that James Cameron had brought in, standby, cross locking now, pre-launch, auto cycle engaged. Um, all terrific stuff. I haven't got a clue what that, it means, but it, it sounds That sounds good. like when Anne's telling me to start the washing machine, that does. Yes. What, your pre-launch that. auto yeah. cycle is engaged. Okay. I do, yeah. And I, I look right. in the thing and go, we're in the pipe, five by five. <laughs> I say that when I go oh, through the door. there's a rope sock. I've missed one out. <laughs> you always miss a sock out. Don't you find a sock after you've locked the door. Yes, yes, yes. Mm. Uh, why didn't they leave... Why didn't... Uh, why didn't they leave the uh, the equivalent of a sock 
on the dropship, i.e. a person up there. That seems well, bad planning right. to me. This is, right, again, you have preempted me. Um, my next thing I've got written here is the wisdom of everyone yeah. leaving the Solarco. Um, That's about as sensible as sending your entire bridge crew down to a planet every week. I've got... Trek. Would, again, you've done it again. I've got, oh, I'm sorry. Would, would they do this in Star Trek or Blake 7? You know, send absolutely everybody in the ship that's in orbit down to the planet. Everybody goes. Yeah, it makes no... Uh, I mean, I think it's it's a bit like when we're talking about um, uh, um, Brett and Parker and the cat escaping. It's a plot point. And you mm. know it's a plot point. But... It, 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 as much as we're disparaging this film, we both love it. Oh, it's yeah. It's great. Um, and it's only because the rest of the film is so well plotted that this stands out as a, oh, it's a bit cringy. Because the rest of the film couldn't work if that was the case, if they left someone behind. But what I just I don't get the, the, uh, the, the logic here. I'm also not entirely sure why there isn't a crew on the Sulaco that runs the Sulaco. Because mm. you, don't, you don't have your marines, the ones that storm the beaches, running the ship. Mm. But I, I understand it. It's a plot device. Yeah. But yeah, it's clumsy, I think. It's clumsy in an otherwise elegant film. Yeah, like you say, if we didn't have that, then we wouldn't have <laughs> yeah. the rest of the film. Well, you'd, get, we? to the, you'd get to the bit where Bishop says, uh, come and see this, and it's venting. What? How long we got? Uh, Seventy-two hours. What are we going to do? I, I'll just call the other dropship down. They'll really. send the other dropship down. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. So we see that the dropship is held in place. It's got this clamp yes. at the top because it retracts its landing gear, and the hatch beneath it uh, slides open. Yeah. Um, and again, great dialogue. This Primary is Starship couples. Troopers, though, isn't it? In the books, the the, the power suits. Held the power suits are in, in like an yeah. egg and they're jettisoned out yeah. and fired at the planet, aren't they? And then the egg yes. breaks away and then they parachute down. Yes. It's a great, great sequence. Though. Yep. I, remember yep. se- I remember the first time I saw it at the cinema, this, this sequence of dropship launch, it was just amazing. This bit now, yeah. it's, um, this whole bit, uh, this is one of my three joint favourite moments really? from yeah, the film. Good. From the moment of primary couple- couplers released, hit the internals. Stand by, 10 seconds. Stand by to initiate release sequencer. On my mark. Five. We're on express elevator to hell. Going down. Two. One. Mark. to DCS ranging. 240, nominal to profile. We're in the pipe, five by five. I used to stand at the side and just watch this because my three, and we will uh, encounter them in turn. I've got three favorite moments and I can't choose between them, all right? This one is my favorite effects sequence from the film. I have another one which is my favorite action sequence from the film and I have another one which is my favourite emotional moment from the film oh, so okay. okay but we'll we'll encounter them 
during this show's lifetime. All right, and yeah. I and and I, I I just used to stand at the side and just you know be entranced by this because uh, it's a masterclass by Mr. Cameron. You know everything is working. You know the yeah. uh, the photography is working. The model work is working the editing's working the music's working the special effects the sound effects everything is working you know stand by 10 seconds i love the way that pharaoh's wearing aviator sunglasses yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, you're out in space lady and when you arrive it's pretty much darkness but yeah she's got her yeah, uh, aviators on yeah you might look cool but you know minus several billion for practicalities there um, yeah yeah, you say she looks cool. I've got written cool as a cucumber as she counts down because yeah. the Bombay doors have opened, and that is still a vertigo inducing moment. Every oh, time yeah. I see that, you're looking at it like shit, they're up high. That would, that would be perfect if there was an Aliens the theme park ride. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would be a perfect sequence in a dropship being dropped to a planet. You could do it, couldn't you? You could oh, have yeah. a, you you'd could be in one of those simulator it. things and yeah. you then drop it, you know, so you get your stomach turnover. Yeah, that would be um, amazing. Yeah, and, and it's fabulous, you know, she counts down, mark, and the ship just yeah. drops. It drops out of the Sulaco. So they must be in the high atmosphere because the gravity yes. is pulling them down, isn't it? Yeah, they must be in a, a low a low orbit to, to have this happen. I'm... Um, I'm not entirely sure what the reasoning is behind this launch system. What that you just drop them out? It, yeah, makes no sense. What? Uh, what? When? When do you need to save time? That just launching it normally, or no? I think know, it's like saving fuel, saving fuel rather than. Yeah. You know, if you can have the gravity yeah, of a planet assist yeah. you, because I mean, it is an amazing shot. That shot where oh, the Sulaco yeah. falls away from us, you know, and, yeah. and we see the underside of it, and the Sulaco, uh, the dropship's coming towards towards us, and then tilts and comes down, and you know, is pointed at the planet, yeah. and that's when they turn their engines on, isn't it? With that, yeah, you see the engines come on, and you get the roar of the engines. Uh, I love it. It's an amazing shot that. Um, yeah, it works really well. Like you say, everything's working to enhance it—the sound effects, the music, the acting. Um, yep. And, I, and it's atmospheric as well. I love—I love when they're flying down low over the over the uh, Hadless Hope. Yeah. Um, it's great stuff. I, yep. I mean, some of the some of the effect shots weren't convincing then. They've cleaned it up for the Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, you had a quite bad matte line you around did, yeah. the um, uh, around the dropship. Whenever the, the the background is the clouds, it's the same thing with the snow speeders on Hoth. Yes, and and they have been cleaned up for the Blu-ray. Yeah, if I put on my old DVD, yeah, you get quite a, a, a chunky matte line all the way around them. But uh, I, I I still love it. I, I, it's I great. forgive it. And it's it's James Cameron's really good in this film. At, at gritty realism of the and i know it was it was down to again budget and and low technology so like all the external shots are just you know a consumer grade vhs with him or whoever his cameraman was running over the big model they built yes uh, of of the station but it, it just works perfectly because we're we're used to seeing that level of grainy detailless shots on the news and things like that it's great it works perfectly what also helps sell all of this, um, because we keep cutting inside the APC, don't we, to the Marines, yes. is the camera is moving 
like yeah. mad. It's juddering like mad. Um, and apparently that was James Cameron standing behind the cameraman, uh, shaking it himself. Him with a bayonet. Yeah. Work harder! Work no, harder! Well, apparently it was hurting the cameraman because the, uh, the eyepiece of the camera kept poking him oh, in the yeah. eye because James Cameron was shaking it so much. Um, but we've got a lot of techno babble to consider here. We've got uh, switch to DCS ranging. Go spunky. Um, and what does that mean? What does 240 nominal to profile mean? Yeah. No I idea. If spunky would have looked at it and goes, what are you on about? <laughs> What's up, goes, spunky? Turn the engine on. Yeah. <laughs> we get that brilliant shot of the dropship where it deploys the weapon pods, where yeah. each one I'm comes not, comes out. Not, like again, that. not entirely sure about that. That because the dropship is designed to be to fly in an atmosphere, so it's aerodynamic. I'm not entirely sure that that would do a lot for your well, aerodynamics. They're not very aerodynamic; those pods are they? They're like no. bricks which come no. out. I do. I, I, it, again, it's it's the wonderful sort of juxtaposition of the absurdness that this this little airplane has got such mammoth armament, and again, it fit, fit, feeds into the the Vietnam era. Um, overcompensation and reliance on technology and that, but I always, I, I always get a little wry smile when they they deploy, and it's like, where's everyone else sitting? <laughs> These things are the entire size of the ship. Well, this is the thing about the dropship is, I mean, it seems to be its sole function is to deploy an APC. That's all it does. Yeah. Because yeah. you look at a blueprint of it, and it's only got room inside for one singular APC. Well, it, yeah, it's it's the so it's it's got the Huey, the Huey part which was to deploy boots on the ground, um, but then they've also fed into it the uh, the DC three mini cannon aspect that it's it's a, a it, it's a ground support vehicle because mm. of course the Huey wasn't. The Huey was notoriously susceptible for, to small arms fire. It was, you know, you'd have kids with two dollar pistol uh, in the Viet Cong bringing down the six and a half million dollar state of the art marvel that is a Huey. Yeah. Um, so they didn't use it for, you know, for uh, ground support. It was you drop someone off and you get out, and that's what it feels like. They've sort of merged two craft for this, but yeah, it drops the APC. And then it withdraws to a different station. That, that seems yeah. to be its sole function. Now, I'm just going to uh, run into the other room. Uh, sorry yeah. about this, Ian and listener, because something I've completely forgotten to look at before doing the show today is the Alien Blueprint book and see if we've oh, got yeah, any yeah. information on the dropship's other capabilities or what's yeah, going on. I was going to say, there was, there was, I, I used to have the um, Colonial Marines Technical Manual, and that had a big section about the dropship here. I think it was all made up. I'm going to be about 10 seconds. Okay. Uh, Just hum to yourself, uh, listener Mm -hmm. and Ian, and I'll be back. Hang on a second. Now that Eric's gone, we can tell the dirty, dark secret. He doesn't really like aliens. He doesn't. He prefers the boys in blue. He said to me the other week, he said, Ian, I prefer the boys in blue. Can we please do the boys in blue in character? So can you let him know? Were you humming some sort of music was, thing yes, to entertain I the was, listener? I, I was entertaining the listener there. Okay. All right. Well, while I, uh, I just go through the book and uh, try and find it, um, can you tell me what possibly could be meant by Pharaoh saying that she's coming round for a 709er? Any idea what that might uh, be? No, I've never heard that before. I'm, I'm fairly well up on the military bullshit jargon. 
But yeah, I've never heard that one, a 709er. And that was never in Buffy, was it? No, no, they never. I don't think Buffy ever came round for 709er. All right. Not that I remember. But yeah, again, sounds cool. Unless that was code for Shagging Angel. Uh, It might be. All right, so I've got the blueprint out. Here's the external ones. We've got ramjet nozzles. We've got horizontal stabilizers. He's your man. Do you remember Roger Ramjet? Yes, with that massive chin. Yes, I do. Uh, right, the, the the blueprint says yeah. um, cockpit, pilot, and crew chief stroke weapons officer station. So there you go. Spunk oh, Meyer really? is a crew chief and weapons officer. So he's he's the equivalent of um, Chekhov from Star I guess so. Trek. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm just looking on the underside. He looks after their vessel. Their vessel. Their vessel. Uh, no, we don't get. No, no, we get all all sorts of types of. Mi- missiles. We have a Banshee, yep. a Zeus, a Hellhound, a Headlock. Um, They're all existing missiles. That's weird. Is that They're all very outdated 1950s uh, missiles? Are they really? Yeah. All right. Um, no, we've got no real. No, there's no blueprint on the inside. We, there's pages and page. Oh no, there we go. There we go. Yeah, I, I'll put this on Facebook. But yeah, the only room inside is for one APC and no other room whatsoever. Yeah. Which right. is a, a strange design. It's a one-use yeah. thing, isn't it? Do you... Because they, they mention that the Sulaco has two dropships. Yes. Now, the Sulaco from the outside... I mean, we'll probably have an episode covering the Sulaco, but from the outside, it looks like a quite a big ship, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So is this big ship only to carry, at best, two platoons? Because that's a terrible waste of sort of resources, surely. Hmm. Well, to be continued on the Sulaco yeah. episode. Yes, the Sulaco is yeah. going to have its own episode. I've, I've just seen down here, uh, talking about the the, uh, the payload bay, okay? It yeah. says uh, blah, 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 it can take one APC, all right? Right, uh, so only one. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. it, it says uh, the ramp can carry a fully crewed uh, M577 APC with turret stowed or a Halos store pallet. Ooh, don't know what okay. that is. I don't know what that is. So yeah, it seems to be a one-use machine. Okay. Okay. And um, we we know from I mean I'm presuming you had the old Halcyon kit. Oh yes. Yeah. I wish so I still had f- it. I sold I it. I wish I still had it. Yeah. I shot mine with an air rifle. Um, <laughs> it was a terrible kit to be fair. Um, but we know from that that it's very hard to to deploy those weapons out because. The, they just snap off because yes. they're, they're so thinly held on. Well, Sid Mead said, didn't he? Because Sid Mead came up with a very futuristic style dropship, yeah. and he said he likes the final dropship, but the arms were too spindly. He said the arms yeah, were too I've spindly for the that, weapons yeah. pods. Yeah, yeah. All right, so they come round for a seven zero nine. It's worth more, to be fair. Than yes, yes. Yeah. Um, a seven zero nine. We looked this up. We googled it for military. What is what a seven zero niner? All right, you you type that in. Um, that shot when she looks out the window and she says, "Where's the damn beacon?" Oh, I see it. Uh, does the dropship not have windscreen wipers? That's what I always think because it's splattered with rain, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it should have. I say, I mean, because the Huey had windscreen wipers. Mm. Um, seems a bit of a thing. Uh, evidently, in U.S. military code, seven zero nine is an emergency leave of absence. Oh, I love that. Is that what she's going to go? Yeah, I'm, 
I'm not going to be. I'm actually on holiday. I'm going to use that if I have to do a yeah. sicky at work. Yeah, just get. I can't come into it. I've got seven zero niner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next, we've got that superb model work of the touchdown. Oh, I love that. And yeah. the APC coming out, and especially the the dropship pulling away behind yeah, as the, the APC come towards us. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Talk about that on behind the scenes. All right. Um, Gorman <laughs> says, "Stay on station." All right. Yeah. Where do they go, Joe? Well, we find out when we next see them that they are somewhere else on the colony. Yeah, uh, I don't see the point of that. So why not just land where they are? I guess it's in case, because they don't know what's happened to the colony, do they? All they know is that they've lost communication, and it might be just a downed relay, but they don't know. That's why they're sending in the army, and they don't know what's waiting. So I guess you you drop your tank with your soldiers in, and then you back off until you know whether it's safe or not. But you might be backing off into the enemy's midst. They have no concept of what the situation is on the ground. The only way it would work is if it went back up to Sulaco, or just piddled about in the sky until it's safe to land again. But I can't see them doing that. No. Um, when you see them take off, they are definitely yeah. parked outside the colony. Yeah. Somewhere. Which is, they've not they've not ascertained what's happening in the colony yet. I don't understand why 100 yards away is safer than just staying yeah. there on station, you know. Well, it seems very unsafe because where yeah. they've stayed is where there's an alien. Um, yeah. Or, so. if you're going to touch down like that, Leave your hatches closed. Yes. Have they never seen it, the terror from beyond space? I blame Spunk. I blame Spunk Spunkmire for all yeah. this. Do you reckon he went out for a little whiddle? He was doing something. I've got a question yeah. for you that in a minute. But before yeah, we get is to that it, what that sticky stuff is all over the <laughs> He's living up to his name, isn't he? Yeah. Um, so yeah, here here we go. Right, the next time we see them is yes. after the disaster of the processing station. All right. Uh, you call it a disaster. I'm sure they would call it a strategic withdrawal. Strategic withdrawal, yeah. yes. Now, something we said at the beginning was, you know, Hicks takes control, doesn't he? You yes. know, Ripley yeah. says this is under military control and Corporal Hicks. Hicks. Is next yeah. In, yeah, he's not technically, though, is he? Well, he. His pharaoh should be. It, that's my question. Really, I mean, if that's true and she was a sergeant, yeah. uh, then. Sh- Pharaoh's in charge. Yeah. She she should have the say, shouldn't she? I would have thought so. I mean, they, they're very dodgy on, on this military grounds anyway. Um, but, yeah, if, if it follows current sort of military protocol, which it might not, to be fair, but if it did, then the fact that she's a pilot means she's a pilot officer, which means whatever rank she is, she's got the all the, the benefits of being an officer. And she should outrank him. Mm. But yeah. she doesn't. I mean, we know now that she well, is. Well, you know, because let's face it, she's a woman, isn't she? <laughs> Don't understand soldiering, do they? Oh, man. Next question, right? This scene when. I don't believe that, by the way. No, 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 no. He's being sarcastic, yeah. yeah. Um, this uh, next scene where, where, where he calls Pharaoh and, yes. and says we need immediate evac. Immediate dust off. Yeah. Um, my question is. Does Pharaoh and Spunkmeyer know what's been happening? Um, I hope I, I would hope that they were listening in. Um, but I'm not sure how much they could have heard because even though the, the APC was down in the concrete bits anyway, that was still getting terrible reception from the, the, the platoon, wasn't it? Mm. Because of the concrete. So you think that the, the, the dropship quite a way away plus all the other 
concrete above the APC, I don't know how much they would have picked up. Well, from what we see on the screen, it, that there's no indication that they know what has been going on. And well, they must do, because Hicks just switches, he touches his microphone, doesn't he? And he goes, um, Pharaoh, you copy. So there's no delay in her running up and switching on. And no, so she's, she's on standby. She's, yeah. Yeah, she, she's in the cockpit seat. She's waiting yeah. because, you know, they, she, she might need to be you know, called yeah. at any moment, you know. But you would have thought, if she was aware of what had been going on in the processing station and all the casualties that they've taken <coughs> with these creatures, you'd cl- close your bloody ramp door, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. You know? we're, we're actually under an attack. Close your, yeah, close your ramps. Yeah. Um, now, Spot Alan Dean up. Foster... <laughs> Alan Dean Foster has it that she does know, because in the novel, uh, Hicks uh, says, Pharaoh, you've been copying all of this, and she says, standing by, prepare for dust-off, we're going to need an immediate evac, and she said, figured as much from what we heard over here. Tough. Which that you know? makes more sense, doesn't it? It does make more sense, but if she doesn't know what's been going on, when they take off, she's heading to where she dropped the APC off, but the APC isn't there. Yeah, they're at the atmosphere processing station. Yeah. Which is quite a drive away, isn't it? Yeah. So, all right, they go to uh, take off. Um, she's, she calls on her radio, move it, Spunkmeyer, we're rolling. Move it, Spunkmeyer, we're rolling. Hold on a second, there's something. Just get up here. I'm in, ramp closing. I would hope that he would have known because she didn't even really check because she said he, he runs up the ramp doesn't he and she goes he goes uh, he calls her and she says what is it and he goes oh nothing because um, he's put his hand in the goo but you would think that there would be some protocol to check that he's on board and that the stuff is closed and well here's your question yeah. what was he doing outside yeah. was he having a whittle I reckon he was having a weird one, yeah. Yeah, there's no sign of a toilet on this blueprint of, of oh, the right. well, thing, so he was having an unfortunate whittle. Now, yeah. wherever they are on that planet, there is one lone alien has somehow crept on board yeah. and left something a bit spunky uh, on that which edge. Is, which is um, very, very convenient for the aliens, isn't it? I mean, we're, we're sort of assuming that they're not. They're, they're intelligent enough but not intelligent as in reasoning. Although the Queen later on 
does see cause and effect when Ripley threatens her eggs. But do you reckon, I mean, this alien, do you think it was just a happenstance that it got on board at that particular time? Yeah, yeah. yeah again, was that in contact with the, with the hive? How did it know to attack at the same time? It's another one of these things, just don't think about it, you know? Um, so, I mean, this film I think that's, I think that's a, a storyline that they haven't delved into, which would be much more interesting than Wayland Yatani or whatever company decides to have them for the weapons division again, is, are they intelligent? Hmm. Have someone talked to them? Can you imagine like a, a, a Day of the Dead bub scene, but a scientist managed to almost tame one of them and communicates? Mm. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm thinking, you know, this film would have played out a lot differently, just like, you know, if somebody yeah. had stayed on the Solarco. If A, Spunkmeyer had kept the ramp door shut yeah. and the alien didn't get on board, or... The, the weapons bay would have smelled a bit more wee-wee, but I'd, I reckon they could have lived with that. Yep, yep. Um, or if yeah. when uh, Spunkmeyer says, hang on, there's something here... Yeah, he would have said... If Pharaoh said, yeah. just get up here, and he goes like, no, 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 you've got to check this out... What would have happened then if Pharaoh had gone to check it out, right? They would, would have both been killed by the alien, but but the APC wouldn't have been destroyed, and they would have, you, you know, the stranded, you know, colonial marine survivors would have had more weaponry then, wouldn't they? Yeah. Because, so, I, I mean, they might not have reviewed um, uh, Ripley's statement that was on disc. <laughs> disc, do you remember that? Hmm. Um the, because I'm presuming she would have said, like, you know, when I last saw it, when it was in the uh, Narcissus, it was drooling like a, a mad thing. Mm. And then, then they would have known, and he would, oh, this alien goo. Um, but again, I suppose it depends on, have they been kept up to date with, do they know what happened in the uh, processing sub-basement? If they knew what had happened, yeah. you would assume Spunkmeyer would be in his position all ready to go, as well as yeah. Pharaoh, the door would be closed, they'd be ready to go for backup, you know? Or they would have been calling in and saying, look, do you need us, you know? Because yeah. mm. you could have done a different scene, couldn't you, where they're both waiting, they've not done something stupid like have the ramp open, um, and then you just get the, as they're about to take off, you get this thump, and it's like, sounds like something's hit the ship, and then the alien face just appears in the window. Yeah, like Covenant. That would have been great, yeah, like Covenant, yeah. Yeah. That would have been really good. Hmm. All right, so what we got instead is the ship takes yeah. off. It, it's coming along. Um, he's not answering his radio. God damn it, says yeah. Pharaoh. The door opens. I'm assuming that door opens automatically. It's not the alien has worked out I how would to hope open so, the door. Yeah, because otherwise... Yeah, as the alien just looking for a button or something. They should have had a shot of the door control and then the alien's mouth just coming out and going... Chick. Oh, like that thing in Alien Resurrection where it uses its yeah. tongue to punch the button, doesn't I, it? I was thinking more like um, the opening credits of Mary Mungo Midge again, but <laughs> she was a different uh, viewpoint. Yes, yeah. Um, we get an, a, another alien recreation in that when she looks around, it's yeah. just like Ripley when she looks around at the end in uh, and sees out the corner of the corner window of her helmet, the alien right by her, you know, yeah. uh, getting ready to strike. It's an exact recreation, isn't it? 
yeah, yeah, it's, it's almost the same shot. Um, yeah. And then she reaches for a gun. I think it's great that yeah. she doesn't scream. Her first instinct yes. is to go yeah. for her gun, isn't it? Yeah, you know? quite right. I've never noticed uh, until now, but uh, if you pause that when she goes for a gun, she's got a rabbit foot um, hanging oh, off right. of uh, the holster or something or other. Um, I like to think that somewhere in rabbity heaven, that rabbit is looking down and goes, ha, serves you right. You don't know. There might be a three-legged rabbit still alive Could who's be, a yeah. veteran of um, aliens, lives out when near that, Pinewood somewhere. When that ship crashed, do you think the rabbit felt it in its missing leg? <laughs> yeah, and every time it watches the film from now on, it yeah. does. The rabbit, yeah. the rabbit just sort of slumped down, and the other rabbit goes, what's wrong? He goes, I sense a disturbance. <laughs> and we don't... Uh, we haven't seen the demise of Spunkmire. We don't see the de- no, we demise of Pharaoh. Well, All we get think, is a bloody window with a yeah, hand wiping up and down. I, th- I think she got a parker, didn't she? Her head got popped. She got parkered, um, yes. Yeah, and then, uh, to be fair, even if she had survived that, I got a feeling she would have died in a crash. Yes, yeah. How, a spectacular how do, crash. That, that's a thought that I haven't thought about. Is it's a very bloody window. There's no yeah. way that that alien tongue can get through that helmet. So he must have got her in the face, I suppose. Yeah. Well, she did stupidly turn round. Yes. Did she have her sunglasses on? They didn't offer her any protection. No, she did. didn't have sunglasses on. Ah, they should have had them on. Yeah. Because the alien would have seen itself in the reflection, and it might have been like a cat or a dog. It thought another alien was there and backed off. And backed off. Mm. It would have, it would have done that arch thing that cats do and hissed <laughs> and run back away through the yeah. door. Mm. Yeah, and as you say, spectacular crash, uh, yeah, which good. which we'll talk about in behind the scenes. An amazing so there were crash. A lot of um, a lot of uh, critics at the time I would say that was really unbelievable because it was back projection. I love that it's rear projection. It's fantastic I that you've that. got them yeah. on set and what. Yep. They, that they can act to it. It's up there in front yeah. of them, isn't it? You know, it's great. Yeah. Give me that any day over a composite shot. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the end of Pharaoh and Spunky. Yeah. Um, um, now, you know how I just said about um, there's no toilets on the dropship. Yes. According to Alan Dean Foster, there is right because Alan Dean Foster's version of what happens is was that Spunky in the toilet. Yes. Yes, because we have no. Just get up here. There's none of him running up the ramp and finding anything. She just takes off. uh, The dropship takes off. (coughs) Excuse me, and she says, as the dropship is approaching, she says, you know, to everyone on the ground, hold it there. Give me a little room. I don't want to come down on top of you. She thumped her headset pickup. It'd be nice if I had a little help up here, Spunk Meyer. Get off the pot. So he is, he's sat on the toilet. So he's got a history of having to use the toilet in dodgy moments. I think we've summed him up. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, The compartment door slid aside behind her. She glanced back over her shoulder, angry and not bothering to hide the fact. It's about time where the... Her eyes widened and the rest of the accusation trailed away. It wasn't Spunkmire. The alien barely fit through the opening. Outer jaws flared to reveal the inner set of teeth. There was a blur of movement and an explosive organic whoosh. Pharaoh barely had time to scream as she was slammed backward into the control console. All right. Mm-hmm. So that's how that that's played how she out. Dies in the book, screaming. Screaming. Yes. Do you think aliens smell? Um. Smell of what? Well, like the door opened, 
and she thinks it's spunk mire. I mean, if aliens <coughs> had a different odour, I wonder if you would know. I wonder what they alien smells yeah. of. I don't know. Something spunky. Something spunky. KY jelly, probably. Yeah, they're covered in it, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. All right. But to so... be fair, that might be what spunky smells of. <laughs> he does look a bit of a grubby man, I he must does, say. Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, behind the scenes. I hope he's not listening. I do. He is still around. Um, we'll yeah. be talking about him shortly, and uh, he, he's he's still acting. He still, still looks good. Yeah. Yeah. He still looks yeah. Good. Um, before we get on to the two actors uh, behind yeah. the scenes, the flight helmets. Oh yes, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, an anecdote. Yeah, an anecdote. What they actually are, and and how they were adapted. Um, the the basis is an SPH four helmet. From the uh, the American military, all right, and converted by Adin, and here, here, it's quite a shopping list. If you want to be authentic, uh, this is what you need. There are certain model kit parts on there. Um, a large section of um, Spunky's uh, targeting thing is a part from a Transformers Megatron toy. Transformers. Yep. Um, there are motorbike release cables in there, control oh. cables for a remote shutter for a hammer camera, which are ultra I rare. Bet these, now. these all sound expensive. Parts Very like rare, that. and of yeah. course, just like you know the old Star Wars, you know, recreating an authentic lightsaber, uh, the people that want to do that are driving the prices right up. Yes, you know, and annoying, genuine. I mean, genuine is the wrong word, but different collectors, aren't they? Yes. The annoying the World War Two collectors and the Graflex collectors. There you and, go. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Although there are people on uncertain, you know, uh, modelling and costuming forums which are selling, you know, uh, casts of all these yes. parts. In you know. in the five o first, just a weird side question on the five o first. Are they okay with? Cast bits, or have you got to have? The no, no, no. As, as long as they are screen accurate, it doesn't matter what they're no, made no. out of. So you know, if you if you've got a a, a greebly, you know, that's off of an ultra rare, you know, model kit, it doesn't matter yeah. if that's a um, you know a, a resin but cast of something. Uh, as long as it's the right shape, right size, yeah. painted right, that's fine. And it's the same with all the oh. helmet bits here. Um, and as I say, uh, there are an awful lot of things. The thing that I like the most about uh, Spunky's helmet is um, there are a row of these little greebly bits, and they are the bits. You know your old bike pump that you used to have for your bike? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. You get your bike pump, but then you've got the, the little hose that you pull out the handle and you yes, screw yeah, into yeah, it, don't you? The adapter. Yeah. That adapter, that screw with a little rubber ring, there's like six of them in a row. Okay, oh, right. just the screw bit yeah. and the rubber bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, my uh, my bicycle pump, of course, uh, was hacksawed up to make my uh, Logan's Run deep suit. Uh, yes, I remember. Yeah. I, re- I remember. I remember an article that you wrote yeah. about that. Yes. All right. So that's the flight helmets. So we'll go on to the actors. Let's. Have you about... ever been <laughs> tempted to do a spunky helmet? A spunky helmet. I wouldn't yeah. mind. I wouldn't mind. But the basis is the American helmet, and that's yeah, problematic, here, problematical. They, yeah. If you want one, yeah, yeah, because yeah, apparently they're that they're quite beat up, and then you've got to take all the, all the uh, all the bits that are on there off, and you've got to get all the webbing out, and da 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 da. Um, all right, Colette Hiller then Ferro. We'll yes. talk about Ferro first. Um, American uh, attended the Performing Arts Academy in New York as a teenager. And is that the fame place? 
It is. And yeah. she appeared in the original musical play of Annie. She yeah. she, she was one of uh, that lot. Annie but, as in Little Orphan Annie. The musical Annie. Annie. Annie Oakley. No, no, no. Oh, uh, Annie the musical. Annie. Yeah. Now, she's got quite a small uh, career, acting career, um, mainly based in the UK. Oh. Um, yeah, she was in Perfect Scoundrels. She was even in, like, the Paul Merton show. Well, mm. I suppose we, we tend to forget, don't we, that Aliens was filmed here. Yes, yeah. So Down at Pinewood. The American actors yeah. Wouldn't, yeah. Have, wouldn't have been flown over from America. They would have been on the, on the books of uh, the local agencies and that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like Rico Ross and that. Yeah, yep. Um, she um, she got out of acting in yeah. about I think it was ninety four. She she got out of acting. Okay, and but she has been doing things here in the UK. So I, I guess she's um, um, still you know based in the UK yeah. um, because she's she's been doing this thing called Sing London. Do you know what Sing London is? I no idea. No. Yeah, it's it's um, a project where. She, she did another one called um, uh, what was it Piano London or something like this it's where, it's where you have uh, uh, pianos set out in public places and anyone can oh, come along right. and, and, and play music and stuff like that there was like one um, I went to Liverpool once and there was one there in the shopping centre right but of course we're British so we're all far too polite to go and use it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah you, you were, I there's one at uh, St Pancras Station in London, yeah. and I guess the only people that you ever see ever playing it are not British. You know? Yes, yeah. that's like an American tourist or a French tourist yeah. or something. Look, yeah. honey, it's a piano. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's have yeah, a we, go. We would go past just. T- yeah. <laughs> so she's been uh, doing that all the way through, oh, really? you know, 2007, 2009. Um, she was part of the. Com- <laughs> Pardon. Covid hit, and that was her piano playing career. Girl. Yes, she 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 was part of um, some something to do with the Keep Britain Tidy thing in 2012, I oh. think it was, in the form of singing bins, singing what? rubbish bins. Oh, dusty bin. Yeah, I, wouldn't it be funny if they all looked like I that. I don't want my bin to sing to me. To be fair, not the stuff I put in it. Uh, no, 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 it'll be telling you off for the things it that would. you put in it. Yeah. Another bottle of. Catch up. Yeah, it wouldn't. It would just wouldn't be nice. No. no. Stop anthropomorphizing my bins. <laughs> There's a phrase you didn't think you was going to say today. I didn't think so. When no. you got up, you learn no. stuff on this. So, I always, I love this because I learn things I never knew I wanted to know. Well, I've got more information. Uh, her oh, genre good, tally yeah. is nine. It's quite small. Oh, that's not bad. Uh, her first thing well, was. I don't know. No, it's all it's right. Not it's not. It's all right. Um, yeah. The first thing was aliens, but then the thing that makes it up to nine was she was in Space Precinct eight times. Oh, right. Who did she play? I have no idea. Oh, um, I I could call it, I... A great theme tune. Did I, I never watched it. I, for, for some reason, I never, I never ever watched it. Really? You, but you love Jerry Anderson stuff. Yeah, but it's live action, and to me, live action Jerry Anderson is UFO. Not slandering, yeah. Yeah, it has Simone yeah. Bendix in it. I mean, come on. Who's Simone Bendix? Oh, go, Google search Simone Bendix. Simone Bendix. Yeah, she played that... Officer... I want to say Officer Haldane, but that might have been the other guy. Um, Simone... I had a real crush on that at the time. Yeah. Ben... I had a bit of a crush on Pharaoh, I must say. When. Yeah. Uh... Oh, yeah. Uh... 
Oh yes, I remember her now. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I actually thought the space dream thing was alright. It was um, just didn't know what what it wanted to make of itself, but I I really enjoyed the episodes that were there. I think another oh, right. season and it would have ironed out its uh, its problems. No, to to me, live action Jerry Anderson is UFO and Space 1999, yeah. and then that's it. You know. Yeah, I'm just I've just got her thing up. She's Officer Aurelia Took. Officer Took. Oh right, yeah. So she was one of the um the aliens. Oh yes, it says voice yeah. uncredited. Yeah. So she was an alien. Would would, right. would have she been in the alien suit or is she just uh, I don't think so. I think because that they had the the people doing the voice acting and they had others play in the past because it was so incumbent it was all animatronic on on the set. Right. So it's yeah, all very difficult to do. So I got a feeling I seem to recall that you had voice actors and then you had the body actors. Alright, okay. So that's her genre tally of nine. Yep. Alright. So then we'll move on to Spunky himself. Spunky. Uh, Daniel Cash is his name. Cash spelt with a K. Um born in Mont- Montreal. Um but he studied acting at the Drama Centre in London. And Aliens was his first role. Now, yeah, I mean, th- there was this thing, wasn't there, that there had to be a certain proportion of American actors yeah. amongst all the British actors. So I guess they, uh, the casting call went out. He had just finished at the Drama Centre in London, and that's why he's in it. Yeah, um, pretty much, I suppose, every, every slightly well-known or American actor would have appeared in it. Yes. Would have yeah. been called. You say about, you know, uh, things that you learn, all right? Yeah. Um, did you know that he originally read for the part of Hudson? No, I didn't. Hmm. No. What do you think been of a that? different Hudson. Now, I, 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 I think Hudson is 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 so inextricably linked. I don't, yeah, Bill. it wouldn't be yeah. the same. Yeah, yeah. To Bill Paxton. Can um, you imagine Spunkmeyer saying "Game over." No, <laughs> it's not. No, no, no. That, uh, indelible, isn't it? Uh, yes. Bill yeah. Paxton is Hudson. Yeah. Um, and Spunk Meyer's final line in the film about, you know, there's something down here. Um, yeah. They weren't spoken by Daniel Cash. That's not his oh. line. Strictly speaking, that's not Spunk Meyer's last lines. They were dubbed over by a, a, somebody else because when the time came to record ADR in post-production, yeah. uh, Daniel was busy in a play and couldn't make it. Oh, so right. they got another actor to record the dialogue. So... I've never noticed the join. I haven't no, noticed I, the difference. Well, well done on whoever did it. Well, you know, Spunkmire doesn't have many lines, really. does he? No, that's true. <laughs> All right. Now, his genre tally is considerably bigger than Pharaoh's. Uh, right. 38. Wow. All right. So, how many of these spunky things have you seen? That was filmed in Canada. Uh, I'm, I'm looking down the list. No, I haven't seen a Stargate. No, no. Let's see how many spunky things you've seen. All Don't. right. So, number one, Aliens. I've seen that. Yeah. Uh, number two, War of the Worlds, the TV version. Oh, uh, yes. Which season? I don't first know. First season. First season was so different to the second season. Both of them were very, very bad. Have you seen them? I tried watching it because it's War yeah. of the Worlds. And... It follow, yeah, it follows on from the George Powell. It's in the George Powell War of the Worlds universe. Yes, uh, but really then well. it's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Uh, then he was in Nightbreed. Oh, the Clive Barker yeah. film. Yeah, which I saw once, I think. Yeah. Uh, then Forever Night. Night oh, spelt, the... spelt like yeah. um, a knight in Shining Armour, night. Yeah, wasn't that a vampire thing? 
Yeah, from a TV movie from 1992, 800-year-old vampire Nick Knight quests for redemption as a cop in Toronto. God, I remember watching that. There was a slew of these vampire things just... I can't remember whether it was just before Buffy hit Well, Bagel, this is 92. When, when, when did oh, Buffy break? Buffy. Yeah, I think Buffy was 89, I want to say. Oh, there so, you yeah. go. It's a cash-in, so, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, cash-in, yeah. Yeah. Then he was in the Robocop TV series three times. Uh, again, I, I I'm one of the few Robocop fans that have fond memories of that TV show. I, again, I never watched that. It didn't appeal it, to me. It was um, Robocop aimed at a PG audience, so see that would put me off. Um, shoot people, but they they were it'd be A team style. Um, right. Just flesh wounds then. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was. It, I liked his car though. I did like the car. Okay. Um, then Young Indiana Jones, he was in an episode yeah. of that. Uh, 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 the Adventures of Dudley the Dragon. No, I don't know what that is. No, that sounds weird. He played a scarecrow in okay. that. Uh, Goosebumps TV. Uh, never was into that. I know of it. I know what it is, but yeah, never into it. I was a bit okay. old by that point. That's three times. Uh, PSI or Psy Factor, a TV show. That vaguely uh, rings a bell. That was a, a X Files knockoff or something. Yeah, wasn't it? yeah. He, he seems to be in the knockoffs. A lot of knockoffs. Two yeah. times. Well, I suppose being Canadian, that generally, that was their film industry for a whole long time, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, and if you're talking spunk, you can knock off spunk. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Total Recall 2070. I never saw that. Is that the is that the remake film or? Uh, I got, I've got a horrible feeling they did a TV show. No, I think that's the TV really... show. Yeah. Is it? Right. Yeah. Then Code Name Eternity. Nope, doesn't ring a bell. That's TV. Ethaniel, an alien creature from a distant galaxy, takes on human form in order to capture the rogue alien David Banning. Sounds awful. Mm hmm. Move on. Uh, Mutant X, the TV show, he was in that. I vaguely remember, I don't think I've ever seen it, but I remember reading stuff about that. Alright. Um, Diary of the Dead. Oh, that's that. an awful film. Okay. Jack Brooks, Monster Slayer. <laughs> no, I've not no. heard of that. Then he was back to Robocop. He was in the remake mm. of Robocop. I don't know if he oh, played the same no. character. Um, that was awful. Mm. Then Dark Matter. That was TV. Oh, okay. doesn't ring a bell. In the dystopian 27th century, six people wake up on a deserted spaceship with no memory of who they are or what they're doing there. Ooh! That rings a bell. I think I might have seen that. Okay, all right. Um, Twelve Monkeys, the TV version. Yep, never watched that. All right. I like the film, didn't watch the TV show. Okay, Bitten, which is a TV werewolf show. No. He was in that seven times. Um, we're getting up to date now. He was in The Expanse, which has just oh, finished. Well. Never seen it. No, I, I started watching it, but I couldn't engage with any of the characters really? whatsoever. Uh, but he was in that five times. And then... He was in a, a short from two years ago called Aliens Last Stand. Oh, right? is that? It's is a that genuine like a fan short. Film or something? Yeah, it's a fan film. Uh, but he was in it. Um, but he, he didn't play. That's, uh, that's the, spunky. He didn't play Spunky. He played Nameless Survivor. Oh, okay. Mm. It uh, gets around copyright, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, he was in Star Trek Discovery once. Oh. Uh, he played somebody called Duggan. And the last thing that he's done to date is Jupiter's Legacy on TV. 
It's a TV show, uh, a superhero that. one. Sounds okay. awfully close to Jupiter's Moon. Oh, Jupiter's, Jupiter's Legacy. It says the first generation of superheroes has kept the world safe for nearly a century. Now yes, their children would, must yeah. live up to their legacy in an epic drama. It was actually really good. Um, I watched. We started watching it, me and Anne, with no, no, th- nothing other than this is probably going to be a rip off of the boys. Um, but it was actually really good. It's based on a comic series. Um, That's right. Yeah, it was one of those that was told. Each episode was told in like several time zones. Um, yeah, it was. I, I really enjoyed it. I wonder who he played in it. Uh, I haven't got the name, but he was in it twice. Right. All okay. right. So that's his uh, genre tally. Uh, merchandise, yeah, merchandise-wise, I don't think Eagle Moss have done a figure of either of those two. No. I mean, to be fair, they have done a dropship, so there might inside be a little... Yeah, but that Halcyon... That, yeah. No, you got no, no pilots, did you? Nor no, did the Halcyon one didn't have any pilots. No. The, yeah, they do... Eagle Moss do do the the dropship, but knowing... Eagle Moss, the, the yes. windows will just be painted black. There will be no yep. interior. Um, so, no, I don't know. Now, I know... Um, oh, who did the 135th scale Aliens figures? The um, they, they actually had a license for it. So there, there definitely would have been a, a oh. figure of each of them. Do you remember? I yes. got, I got a few of them. I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. I had them. And then told them. Yeah, 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 because you could... You could assemble them with different arms and stuff like yes, that, yeah, you? Yes, they were like um, multi-posed. Great. One of the first sort of resin figures available. They were great. Oh, um, they, they went with the Aliens board game, didn't they? Uh, they were made in conjunction with that, yeah. Oh, that, and they were good. Yeah, they would have been in that, wouldn't they? Um, well, you, you had the... the so, um, Lead and Edge did a, a set of Colonial Marines, and I'm sure that had uh, that had a Spunk Meyer and a Pharaoh in. I wonder if the latest Alien... Games. I got them on my shelf behind me, but I can't turn around because the cat's on the wall. Um, but I don't remember there being a spunky in there. <laughs> what do you think his special uh, abilities yeah. would be? Um... Well, the, the paint would forever be sticky on it. So. <laughs> yeah, you'd need a lot of gloss, wouldn't you? You would, yeah. AEF designs, that's AEF, them. that's AEF. it. Yeah, I still yes. love them. They, they, um, they seem to be very limited distribution, and then they went rocketed in price because, like, Comet was selling them at some mad amount. Um, but yeah, I had I had a Hudson and an Alien, and they were great. Yeah, because they they were in scale with the uh, Halcyon APC, yes. weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, okay. If you had a, a, one of those that was uh, spunky, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. It's, Take a photo of you with your spunky in your hand, but no, yes, maybe not. Yeah. No, 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 we won't. Uh, the next thing: Do they fit in Alien? Can you see Pharaoh or Spunkmeyer in I, Alien? I think I could. I think I could. Yeah, because they're they're pilots, and we know there's pilots in uh, in Alien. I yeah, I I could see I could see them in the Alien film. Yeah, I could yeah, see Pharaoh could getting see, on with yeah. um, Lambert. I I'd, I'd, they'd be best buds, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what about Spunkmire would be down on sea deck with Parker and Brett? I reckon they would be sending him out for skyhooks and tartan paint. <laughs> yes. I think they would, they would abuse him in that <laughs> particular way that yes, you, yes, good, the older yeah. people abuse young people, yes. 
Um, yeah, I could see him fitting in, but they, they would make his life a misery. All right. Okay. Uh, next up, alienness factor um, out yes. of 10. Um, shall we do Spunky first? Spunky first. I mean, the trouble is, he's. I mean, you don't see a lot of him, and he does stuff that's so uncool, like he makes the various comments at the beginning. Uh, he leaves the ramp open. He's fairly useless. I'm going to give him uh, an absolutely middle of the road five. I thought you might say that. That's what I've got as well. Yeah. All right. So Spunky is a five. That means he's in a escape vehicle all by himself. Uh, next door. Step to the floor. Yeah. <laughs> next next door. Next one along at number six is uh, is Andrews. Oh, yeah. Okay. Andrews wouldn't put up with him. No. No, well, they're not sharing, thankfully. Nobody's It'd sharing well an escape uh, wouldn't they? Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, cut from the same cloth, them two, yeah, I think. definitely, yeah. Um, Could be his son. All right. And and Pharaoh, then. What do you give Pharaoh? Well, she she looks cool because she's got the great helmet and the, the aviator sunglasses that I did have a pair at the time, to my shame. Um, and she gets all that cool dialogue that makes yeah. no sense whatsoever. She's in the pipe, five by five. Uh, she gets seven and a half for me, I think. Seven and a half. I gave her eight and a half because I think she is really cool, you know. And as I say, I had a bit of a crush on her as well. And um, yeah, so that's an eight then. Pharaoh is an eight. So she gets an escape vehicle all by herself. Next door, the nearest one next door to her, Pharaoh actually beats Kane. Kane is 7.75. So yeah, she is officially... Is that the first time we've had an aliens person above an alien person? Yes, Yep. Wow. Yep. So there you go. Yeah. Well done, Pharaoh. Top three at the moment is Parker, then Pharaoh, then Kane. All right. Right. All right. Um, and we've got a new thing to introduce now because we've had the drop ship. We've got a vehicle yep. tally uh, to consider. We're going to do this with all the vehicles and all the hardware as we yep. uh, come across them. Um, so, yeah, vehicle tally before we come up with the tally a uh, bit of behind the scenes on the um on the drop ship then yeah. um james cameron did an original uh rough drawing which he handed to sid mead and um sid mead created some amazing designs but they were too slick they were too polished they were too science yeah. fictiony it wasn't the real world vietnam war inspired look that James Cameron was after so that, that's when it was passed to Ron Cobb Ron Cobb had some ideas uh, and he was brought over to England uh, for it and it still wasn't working and then James Cameron one Sunday morning he kit bashed basically he got some model right. kits cobbled them together with a bit of foam board and said look this is the sort of thing I'm looking for handed that across to Ron Cobb and what we see on screen is the the result of that, Ron Cobb taking that 3D model and going away <coughs> and coming up with what we saw. Yeah, um, the full size one, as I say, the full size one on the uh, on the set is only the front half. So yeah. when you it, it is almost flawless, but when you first see that drop bay scene where you know you've got the Colonial Marines and it pans from right to left, so you see the second uh, uh, drop ship. And then the camera comes along and you come along the whole full um, uh, dropship that we're going to is going to be featured. And then you see the Colonial Marines to the left. That first shot on the right, as it pans across, that's a miniature set. 
built right. by the Skotek brothers. Then there's an almost flawless scene onto the, you know, the live-action full-size one, and then it ends, and you see all the Colonial Marines. And in the foreground, on the left-hand side, you've got some racking with some weapons. That's a miniature as well. That's a forced perspective oh, really? miniature that's right near the camera. I just um, think that was full-size. No, not at all. Um, so, but the full-size one, this front of, of the uh, uh, dropship, that was built by Peter Lamont. He of the Bond films yeah. w- was brought on for that. Uh, the undercarriage of the full-size dropship was from a Vulcan bomber because at the time the RAF were getting rid of all their Vulcan bombers yeah. and they were cutting them up. And there is this now quite famous uh, aircraft scrapyard at Swatham in Norfolk and made famous originally by Roger Christian because it was he who went along there and just took truckloads of old aircraft parts yeah. to, um, you know, to busy up the interior of the Millennium Falcon, etc., etc., And then he returned for Alien and uh, did that for the Nostromo Bridge and all of the sets for Alien. Um, and then the people at that scrapyard, they got wind of this, and that's when they started... Um, putting their prices up. Putting their prices up, yeah. to the degree that when they came to do the Star Wars prequels, they couldn't afford it. And it was, <laughs> it was actually cheaper, cheaper to ship old aircraft scrap from America across to Tunisia rather than buying it from the UK you know so by the time aliens come come around the prices had already gone up and they couldn't afford to buy this undercarriage so they actually rented it they just hired the Vulcan uh, undercarriage that's probably a better way of doing it anyway isn't it Mm. for films because you're not going to want to use it again no exactly and I mean they did buy some bits I mean the um, the landing skids uh you know, the, these landing legs from the Vulcan fit onto landing skids, but they were made from a Canberra, and they had bought them. They were bits off of a Canberra. Um, most of the model work that you see in Aliens is one twelfth scale, all right? Um, built, as I say, by the Skotak brothers. Um, that brilliant shot where you've got the uh, APC driving towards us and the AP, uh, the dropship peels off and away behind, that's forced yeah. perspective because the APC is one fifth scale, uh, the dropship is one twelfth scale, um, but it's really much, much closer to the APC right. than you would think. It's just it's forced clever. perspective. It's very clever. And, yeah, this whole sequence, the whole uh, dropship crash sequence, yeah. um, was it was all flown on wires. Um, a tradition that goes back to the Lidecker's, you know, back in the in the 30s and 40s, the serial things, the Flash Gordons, yeah, and Flash stuff Gordon, like that. Spaceship wires. Yeah, it was the Lidecker's uh, pioneered the the way of flying uh, models on on wires and using you know powder paint to you know disguise the wires and smoke and etc. 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 And James Cameron got the effects people together, and he wanted the the dropship crash sequence to be similar to Thunderbirds, right? Oh, he was a great admirer of the model work of Derek Meddings and Co. And he actually screened, and I don't know which episodes, but he screened episodes of Thunderbirds to the effects crew to say, this is the sort of feel I want. And that's why everything's in camera. That's why you have a dropship flown on wires, exploding in the way it does, totally and utterly inspired by the Jerry Anderson I, shows. I wonder if he ever thought about hiring Derek Meddings. That's... 
That's a good point because Derek mm. Meddings was still around, wasn't he? Oh yeah, he was, still, uh, he was doing the Bond stuff then. Well, he? yeah, I mean, the last film he did was Goldeneye, and that was what '98, yeah. wasn't it? So he was definitely around. Maybe he was yeah. just busy on something else. Yeah, possibly. But also, you know, um, James Cameron likes his own crew, doesn't he? You know, that's yeah. why the Skotak brothers were there. He probably, all probably wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't want someone that's going to argue to toss with him. No, probably. yeah, and he knew his own mind, didn't he? Yeah. You know, he, he certainly called the shots. And, yeah, the Skotak brothers worked with him on Escape from New York, didn't they? So, yeah, yeah, I think it might have been that. It could be that, you know, they had a meeting with Derek Meddings and James Cameron said, right, now this is what's happening. And (laughs) Derek Meddings is like, "Uh, no, (laughs) I'd rather not then. Um, The the crash of the dropship is actually, if you look at it, there are multiple explosions going on there. And that was John Richardson who who, uh, oversaw that. And you've got four or five explosions you know, triggered in sequence with milliseconds between them. Um, and, uh, yeah, kind of spectacular. It's great, great show. Hmm. All right, so that's our dropship talk. Now we've got to vote. Again, I thought we'd do this out of 10 on all the vehicles. Okay, yep. So all the vehicles. This is going to be interesting to see where different vehicles from the different films. It's Yeah, it's also difficult initially, For the first one. Because yeah. we haven't, yeah... <laughs> Um, okay, I think I got my scoring on it. All right. Because um, I, I love the dropship. I think it's a great design. It it works so well in the film. Um, it's totally believable, other than the, the massive weapons parts. But I'll allow that. Um, so for me, this this will go in quite near high up as an eight. Well, I gave eight and a half. Ah. All right, so there we go. There's fellows in it for you. (laughs) All right, so out of the gate, dropship is quite high up. Yes. Yes. Well, it's the only one, so it's the highest and the lowest. (laughs) Yes, well, I think in a couple of weeks' time, we might be coming back to the vehicle tally. Uh, But for now, yeah, 8.25, I think that's fair. Um, It is a classic design, and uh, it's been filmed brilliantly. Yes. All right, that's us nearly done. Um, that's not bad. Over an hour and a half uh, talking about two um, small that's, role characters that aren't yeah, in it that say, much. Because I bet if you added up their screen time, it's probably less than three minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, before we go, though, uh, a bit of feedback. Uh, oh, right. oh, cool. That, that, that we haven't got. had a lot of feedback on this one. No, well, it's a relatively new show, and that's true. Um, yeah. no, not for us. Eh? No, <laughs> we've been going on for bloody months. Um, and these. This feedback comes from iTunes, all right? Both of these come from iTunes, and which is very nice to see we're getting reviews on iTunes. And yes. uh, they're both five-star reviews. And I'd say, listener, you, you know, if you like the show, uh, could we urge you, even if you don't get our show from iTunes, yeah, if you could, like, leave a review and a, and a rating, that just... Uh, bumps us up the list on any podcast that talks about Alien and the Aliens films and it would be nice to actually, you know uh, cast the web out it should become the premier podcast for talking about (laughs) spunky helmets talking about spunky things Um, yeah, it it, would be really nice because we know, Ian and I, that you know we're we're still having people who are discovering Mad Max in character, but alas Mad Max in character, apart from the odd special is is finished, so it would be nice if we could get, you know, known out there, you know, while we're still, you know, yeah. in while full flow. Do. Yes, yeah. All right, so two reviews, and thank you to both these uh, people. Uh, first one, MW Bear 72 
All right, he's in the first person. Does that and mean there were 71 other MW Bears before him? Or 71 attempts before he was happy with 72. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> before he accepted it. Yeah. He's a previous listener of ours. He says, um, came here via Mad Max in character, and so far, this is just as good. There's a drinking game to be had. Right? Oh now, I think, he, he, he says you, but I think he means me. Right, he well, we says. Interchangeable. Yeah, he says there's a drinking game to be had. Every one of Ian's all rights equals a small Alien Three cafeteria of dubious beverage, which even Charles Dance couldn't resist. I know I do say all right a lot, so I think he's confusing us. I don't think Possibly, you say yeah. all right much, you know. And I know I do. And yes, you would get very drunk if you had a a stiff right. drink so, every time. Yeah, because you you I, you always reckon on my uh, YouTube videos. Which I'm now conscious of. I say nice a lot, so I think if you, you had a do. drinking game there, you'd be dead pretty quickly. A video you you had once. Yeah. You had a nice tally on it, which yes, tallied yeah. up, and, and that, that that was very entertaining. Yeah, I miss your nice tally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, perhaps I'll bring it back. A special one. Yes, you should. I'll do review it. nice biscuits. You know. <laughs> Is it nice or nice? I don't know how you pronounce it. You you should go on holiday to Nice and have yeah. a nice nice tally there nice, 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 yes nice. yeah yeah so thank you very much mw yeah, bear you. 72 72 bears yeah. yes and then we've got and i don't know if it was 229 attempts at this uh the, the other person is kcdc 230 kcdc mm. that sounds like a a heavy rock group that travels on a train mm. doesn't it yes do you remember casey jones i love that show <laughs> At 2.30 in the afternoon, because he's got 2.30. All right? That's true, yeah. And this is quite a big one. Who were? Yeah, I was waiting for that, thank you. Um, yes, yeah, so here we are. Uh, quite a lengthy uh, review here. And KCDC 2.30 says, I was really pleased when I heard Eric and Ian were extending their podcast universe to cover the Alien films. And these episodes are definitely living up to the quality and ent- entertainment value of their other output. Get this, Ian. Listen to this. I've listened to every episode of Blake Seven in character twice now. What? <laughs> there was a hundred of them. <laughs> you poor thing. Um, yeah. uh, maybe it's a penance for something. Um, and look forward to new episodes of Doctor Who Adversaries. So it's great to have a new series to enjoy. Packed with the usual excellent research, entertaining puns, semi-regular interruptions from Ian's cat... And reminisces from the 70s and 80s. Yes, I got yes, I got Ian's reference to Ooh Betty. These episodes are a must for even the most casual of the Alien franchise. One request. I know you said at the beginning of the series that you will be focusing on the Alien quadrology, but I hope that you will find some time later on to cover the extended universe of Alien, in particular Prometheus and Covenant, as I'd love to hear your your opinions would, on these films. Yeah, I think we should, because I would like to... I've, I've got some views on I think Prometheus we, and I Covenant. I think we will. I think yeah. we will. Maybe when we're done with Alien, we yeah. might... We, Always perhaps a special, you know, like we do the... With Doctor the occasional Who. specials in Doctor Who, yeah, perhaps we just do a special yes. episode. It would be interesting, actually, to see yeah. where we put, you know, the design, etc., of yeah. of the, the alien creatures in those films, and the characters, actually, especially yeah. in Covenant. It would be interesting to see if Perez has got some, uh, um, you know, yeah, some, some sort of, some company down in his escape yeah. vehicle. Yeah, and then he finishes by saying, "Keep up the great work, guys." So, thank you very much, Casey. Uh, thank you, DC. Casey DC. Yes. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, well, well done. If we had any T-shirts, we'd send you one. Yes, we but we haven't, so we can't. You yeah. could have a virtual. What did Marvel used to do? The No Prize. You the, the, the No Prize, yes. Yeah, you, yeah. You've, you've, got a, a, you've got the first alien in character No Prize. So there you go. Quite an honour, yes. Yeah. And with that, we're done, all right? Yes. So, um, yeah, uh, next week, of course, we're back to Outpost oh, yeah. 31. We're going to pay a visit to Blair's Ooh, Shack. Blair, yes. Yeah, to the end on that. We yeah, are coming to the towards end, the end, yes. Yeah, Blair Shack, we're going to look at that biologist. And, uh, Excellent. And then in two weeks, join us on um, Fury 161. We're back to Alien 3. Oh, yeah, I don't know who we're doing. You haven't told me yet. I'll give you a clue, all right? Um, the person we're going to be looking at is yeah. one of the things that initially I thought, oh, this is going to be terrible. Uh, he's one of the things that spoils me in the 19... 19- spoils it for me of the 1989 Batman film oh it's Moxie it is yeah it I can't is. remember what character he played he's the guy at the beginning who holds oh, up the in... couple yeah he falls into the fan doesn't he is that him that's, that's him in Alien 3 but in yeah. Batman oh yeah he, he's, he's the, the one that very unconvincingly in all the trailers says what are you to yeah. Michael Keaton's Batman yes and yeah he's the one who falls into the fan yes yes so, yeah, oh, Murphy. Yeah. He plays Murphy. Murphy. All right. forever Moxie. See, I never watched it. I never watched it. Did off, you never watch Harvey's name? No, no. So when people say to you, donkey shite, you've no idea what they're on I talk a lot of it, but I don't oh, know right, much about enough. the donkey version. Yeah. Wow. All right, so, yeah, Blair next week, Murphy week after. All right? Ah, good stuff. All right. Okay, cheers, Ian. Nice one. Right. Thanks, Ian. Bye. Bye. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over.